When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, guys, and welcome back to the Des Bishop Podcast. It's just a very quick intro to say that we have an amazing episode today with Jason Byrne, which I was going to put up tomorrow, Friday, but I'm putting it up today because he himself has an amazing new podcast that starts tomorrow, so I wanted to get the promo up nice and early. So this is me chatting to Jason Byrne about recent passing of his dad. It's kind of a chat about that and about grief and a little bit about coronavirus, and it's a fantastic ep. And uh, his audio is not amazing because it's just direct Zoom audio, but it's not bad. So thanks very much, guys, for listening, and I'll chat to you at the end of the app. Anyway, listen, let's let, let's let's begin properly, man. Well, well, first of all, just in general, how are you holding up? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm not too bad. And just to say, just real quick, uh, because we have to do a lot of these video casts and Zooms and WhatsApp yes. and interviews from TV... The best place for me to look the best is in my ensuite with the light off, like with just a bit of light coming in. I've been sitting on the toilet with the camera so on a tripod because I look better with not too much light. <laughs> why don't you? Why aren't you in the toilet right now doing our one? Oh, because I didn't know you were going to use the video. So oh, sorry. Is that, is like, it, oh no, but it doesn't matter. I mean, look, everybody looks shit right now. <laughs> yeah, <'cause, laughs> like everybody's got like mad hair and bits of things hanging out of them and you know so, but i'm how am i holding up it's, it's kind of weird for me because well first of all i think as a comedian as well i mean as you, you'll appreciate this we kind of are on our own a lot anyway so we kind of travel on our own we spend our times on our own in hotel rooms where you know just before we go on stage we're on our own so our mindset is i think quite used to being on its on its own do you know what i mean yeah yeah i mean uh, people have said that to me and i'm like you know this isn't this isn't ideal but it's not that different to my normal life it's not the same but there's elements of it that are pretty similar yeah absolutely i mean we have to think for ourselves as well we don't go into like we don't have like a like an agm big annual general meeting with like all the board of the company it's us on a couch with a pen going geez i've got to write a show for edinburgh no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> no, it's canceled. No. Oh no, what I'm saying that when that's. How oh yeah, no, no, no. I know, I know, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, as, I'm just as a company, I mean that's how, we haven't got anybody in a room that goes. You know, no, no. First fiscal fiscal month year or whatever. But yeah, but right now, I mean, I'm obviously separated. That's 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 happened. Do you know what I mean? And, and so my children are like just up the road here, so I'm not living with with them. Yes. But, uh, and, and then the other weird thing that happened was, and of course, you've been through grief yourself just way more than I. Yeah, well, that, that was the main thing I was going to talk to you about, because you've had a very not ideal situation where you've been left alone with your grief literally weeks after your dad died. Yeah, so, um, they, okay, so I totally, I mean, it's mad. Like, I, I totally understand how it feels when people go up to you at a funeral and they don't know what to say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, which I, I talk about in my own show. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I've never experienced people coming to me 
not knowing what to say to me. You know, it's really weird watching them where I'm going, <laughs> but then I don't know what they're supposed to say to me. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know. I didn't know anything about grief. I knew nothing about it. My dad died, right? And I don't know if you were there. Were you there for both your parents passing away at that time? I, I, I was, yeah, I was. Yeah. So I'd never seen it. I'd never seen anything like it because, it, I, well, first of all, the one thing I got out of it was that I'm not afraid of, of death as I, as I was anymore. Yes. Because I've seen it happen. And I've seen it as a kind of a peaceful thing. So my dad was kind of trying to catch his breath, but he'd be yeah. like really breathing hard all day, like really horrible. But as he died, did, 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 sorry, did he have the the rattle like that 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 rattly noise? Yeah, yeah, his whole yeah. like just in and out and in and out and everything was like and it was all his throat was getting clogged up and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I know it's really weird because like okay, so what happened to my dad is people are wondering as well that he had a stroke. It only lasted two days because I always said my dad was a jammy bastard. Do you know what I mean? Like he didn't get the full on. He didn't get brought home from hospital. Like, I seen how bad he was when he had the stroke. He couldn't really speak. He didn't know where he was. He was getting worse and worse. The bleeds were spreading. And I was just thinking, oh, my God, please, please don't let that man come home, right? Now, there's people that are listening now that have got stroke victims in their house that are in a bed and they can't move. But there was still a little bit of me that was going, oh, I'd kind of like him to come home, though, even if he is complete. Yeah, because you, 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 you have to let go completely if he doesn't come home, you know? Yeah, so I didn't. Give, I, I still could think, well, if he's still breathing, even though he's fucked, I could, I, maybe I could still talk to him. He might be able to hear me or something. So I totally understand why people, you know, you know, you know, they, they, they still want to, to have the person at home. Like, if you had a choice, like a euthanasian choice, I think a lot of us wouldn't wouldn't probably you know put our parents to, like out of their misery like yeah you, f- you feel like people would find it hard to yeah. to actually say okay that's it so my dad decided that for us so he just let and i watched him leave his body lit like the energy whatever you want to believe it was like someone it was like it was literally like a lilo it's like someone took the air out of him and he just went down he's like he shrunk his whole body as his breath just stopped and then he just literally was i didn't recognize him at all so that's what was good for me. I think anybody who has, if there is anybody that, you know, that you have closely that might, that, you know, you know, if you get, like, based on what I'm trying to say, if you get a chance to be with someone when they're going to pass away, just be with them. It's good. It is good for you to see. But, you know, I have to say that, I, I don't know if you realize this, but it, like it is actually luck. Like it's a real privilege that you got to have that experience because actually it's very difficult to be there because so much can so much can go wrong. Like, for example, my mother wasn't there when my dad died because she had gone down to get coffee. We'd been in the room for hours yeah. waiting for my dad to die. Then she went down to just make some breakfast. And it happened so fast. And I, I went, I walked down the stairs. My mother looked at me. She said, he's gone, right? And I was like, yeah, he's gone. You know, but so, so she she just wasn't there by chance. Now, actually, it didn't didn't bother my mother at all. Whereas my brother, Mike, had gone to pick up his wife and very young child and his wife was pregnant. So we'd been in the room all night and he went to pick her up and it happened while he was gone. So that was, you know, you just, you, you were, you, you were lucky actually. Well, Des, this is what happened. Like my auntie Joan and Colette, they, they came in down the corridor. That's my, my dad's two sisters. And they came into the room and he said, they said, how is he? And I went, he's not great. He's, he's really bad now. Like he was dying, you know? 
and they were like, oh my God. And then we'd start talking around them, you know, talking just in the room. And I said, look, I'm probably going to try and just, you know, get home for a little bit, maybe for 20 minutes, half an hour. And uh, cause I'd been there for hours. And then my, my aunties went, well, look, we'll go down and get a coffee, whatever. And we all walked out of the room and my dad literally started to die right there, right then. And how, how, how did you know that, that how did you know was it the fish out of water breaths what was the thing that okay so what happened was um he was starting to see he couldn't swallow a lot of people who have strokes and go into this deep unconsciousness they can't swallow it's it's another thing it's literally another thing that's gone their swallow is gone and uh, so it starts to clog up and they start to choke almost do you know what i mean so dad just couldn't swallow uh and the nurses that were there said, look, if he gets really bad, there's no, we're not going to resuscitate him if that's okay with you. And we went, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, because he's basically, he's not alive in that bed. He's barely alive. Like, you know what I mean? His behold, they had done scans and his whole brain had bled, you know? So yeah, so he was, he was, he was, his, he, he was kind of choking and then he did a bit of a cough, but then not too much stress, just little breaths. And I held his hand and uh, the nurses were, they're, they're so amazing. Those, those nurses, the male and female. They really, nurses. They really, they're almost they really like, they're, they're almost better than doctors. Cause they're always there. The doctors aren't there the whole time. So their empathy is amazing. And this lovely woman just said, uh, like I was holding my dad's hand and my, uh, what you call it? My auntie was holding his shoulder and they said, just keep talking to him. Just keep talking to him. He's going there, you know, and we just kept talking to him and just saying it was okay and everything. And to let go, and eventually he it just he just stopped like it's he didn't go like and like you know like you imagine and like he just went and just total silence like and then the breath just came out of him and then he just disappeared and that's why i when i seen him in the coffin in the house and he was going into the crematorium it didn't bother me because i knew he wasn't in there they're not in that body and you can believe science with the energy that leaves or your spirit leaves or whatever you want to say, but I definitely seen and felt something was coming out of him. Like, you know what I mean? Left. So Paddy Byrne just left his body, you know? And I, I, I said in the eulogy though, he's, he, you know, you're, uh, he's, he's never gone. They're never gone. They're always going to be around you. Cause if you're talking about them, your pictures, your memories, your chats, like the shows you do about your mom and dad and everything, like your, your dad and your mother are well alive. Do you know what I mean? It's amazing. Yeah, well, a hundred percent, the memory lives on. But it is a. It, it's funny. You've had the exact same experience that I had in terms of the profound awareness that I got about when they're gone, they're gone. Like the body is irrelevant from from that minute. Yeah, and that's why I wasn't afraid. Well, you know, we're all going to be afraid of death, but that's why I've seen that the body seems to look after you, and it releases you, and it helps you die. Which was amazing to watch and then yeah yeah totally gone but like this thing that people believe like you know that maybe the energy follows you around or people to often see their loved ones after but it's all down to how your brain looks after you as well i, I yeah i think so and I, I i never like to dismiss anybody's stuff because it's it's very everybody has their own way of of processing it but i i'm like you i i, I believe that it's it's the way that you know we I I think personally we keep them alive in, in our in our brain and the memories and the stories, and 
and the, the resemblance you probably see in your own children. And, you know, there's, there's evidence of them everywhere, right? Yeah, they always say that, uh, well, well, there's this guy called Alan Watts. This guy, this dude, Alan Watts, I love listening to Alan Watts, right? You can, he's got, he's, he always reminds me of your dad. He has the exact same accent as your dad, right? You sh- so everybody just listen to Alan Watts and basically that's what your dad sound like. <laughs> basically, hello, I'm Alan Watts. It's all like that, you know, which is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was amazing. When I first met your dad in Edinburgh, in the assembly rooms. Then, oh, that's the first time you met, you didn't meet my dad on that New York trip. You only met my dad 2010. Yeah. All right. Absolutely brilliant. You know what I mean? And uh, I thought I was literally going to meet a, yo, what, yo, Jay-Z, yo, you know, <laughs> you know, and that, like, you know, sound like Dez or Mikey or, you know, or Aiden. And it was just like, hello. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Well, because he was in Edinburgh, he was on his best behavior. You know, it really depends who he's talking to, you know. Uh, it, 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 his accent had a way of changing depending on his company, you yeah, know. And my favorite line ever in that assembly rooms was um, he said, and this is my best memory of your dad. You said to your dad, uh, this is Jason. Uh, he's, he's a comic. And he went, oh, hello, Jason. Nice to meet you. And you said, Jason does kind of like kind of silly comedy, right? That's what you said, like kind of silly. Right? And... and I went, uh, yeah, it's kind of like silly. And then he goes, oh, yes, you mean like like funny, funny comedy? And I went, yeah, like funny comedy. <laughs> yeah, not like your son talking about death. to you and he said, this actually, your comedy is quite serious. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he was dying of cancer, it was such a funny man. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course he's fucking. Because he thinks my comedy's quite serious, he has to get up on stage every night after I've told the audience his whole life story, and he's fucking half dead, fucking walking out on stage. What a great thing to do, though. You know what I mean? And so what? What Alan Watts was saying was that our subconscious is uh, can never die. Do you know what I mean? That always stays alive. So when you die, your very your very being, your existence can't leave the earth. That has to stay. So that's why we all we all basically live on forever you know so it's, it, but my my dad though yeah i mean already you know we we're talking about the COVID 19 and and actually my sister was up in the house the other day and she was trying to help my mom cut some hedges you know she just lives next uh, very near and i said uh, oh i think dad has a ladder in the shed there Go look, <laughs> like he's he's not there anymore. Would you say things like that? You know what I mean? Almost. Of course, it takes it takes. Actually, I I found it, it kind of hurts a little bit, or certainly it's a moment when you realize you need to change the tense of how you talk about your dad. That's kind of like a moment of realization of like, but I still say to this day, like for example, today I really do need to go to my mother's place. I don't say mom's old place. I just say I'm going to mom's to pick up the mail you know yeah I, I don't i i don't i don't say it in the past tense i think that that must last forever though does it i mean does, does it i don't know it must just well i assume so i mean i guess when we sell it i guess eventually you just end up with less and less like i i, I to be honest i find my dad we're talking about my dad a lot now but i find my dad comes up less and less like that is it's almost kind of sad but it's almost kind of good because it's a sign that you're moving on but there will be a time where you know, the memories of dad, your dad will be fainter, you know? I know that's probably hard to believe now, but it does happen, you know? Well, look, that's a, that's a really good point because what, what's exhausting is to constantly think of somebody who's just died in, in, oh my God, they're dead, oh my God, they're dead, just, you know, in that way. That is exhausting for a human to have to do that. But what's really good is what you just said, is that your, that your dad's memories are not now every single day, which mine from my dad's are right now. 
but that's really cool because that's a little bit like uh, if you have books on a shelf, let's say, and you uh, you want to go and go, oh, actually, what, what was that book? What was that book? And you find a book on a shelf, but you can't remember the plot. But you go, oh, brilliant. And you read it and you go, oh, my God, yes, this was great. So that's what a lot of people say about your, like, you know, people who've passed on you. If you don't, if you don't think about them every day and now and again pick them up like a really good book, and then go, oh my God, do you remember when he did that shit? Do you remember when he- yeah, it's great. That's and sometimes it's happy. It. Sometimes it's happy and sometimes it's sad. But I, I did want to, I did want to ask you because you're really, what, what, that was, I mean, first of all, can I just say that in a way you were lucky because you got in with the funeral right before things got restricted because your funeral was lovely, but it was only, only then the priest was saying, don't shake hands. We weren't at the stage where we were social distancing yet. I know that was really weird. I mean, it must have been, was that probably a week before everything hit the fan? Maybe, I don't know, two weeks, but uh, yeah, we were. What was the date? What was the, what was the date of the funeral? Uh, Dad died on the 24th. So Monday, 25th, 26th, 27th of February. Oh yeah. So it was like a week and a half before it all shut down. Yeah. And look, and that's the other thing that we, we say, you know, a lot about my dad, like, uh, you know, I was talking to my mom and she goes, Jesus, thank God he wasn't around for this shit. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we we think that all the time about my mom, but we think that more about how stressful it would have been, you know? Well, yeah, but my mom's, I said, um, yeah, is it because, you know, dad's like, he was in his 80s and he probably would have caught it. She goes, no, they closed the fucking pubs. <laughs> <laughs> she would have been driven demented. <laughs> my, dad, my dad was a black belt at saying he'd be back in a minute. He was brilliant at that. <laughs> all the way up till he died. He'd be like, I'm back, back in a minute. I'm just uh, going to get the paper. Or I'm going to do the lottery. <laughs> his grandkids his grandkids probably had a false sense of what a minute was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like when you, when you say to your kid, uh, we'll do that in a minute, he probably thinks, oh, I guess that means six hours. That is the exact same analogy as Billy Connolly saying he's going for a pint. Do you remember that stand-up? Oh, actually, I, I don't, I don't oh, know oh, that Billy one. Billy Connolly said he used to, his dad used to say he was going for a pint, and uh, they all thought a pint must have been like this big. long to take to drink a pint? But yeah, so I mean, it's it, it it's not ideal. Like like how because you got this double thing. Like you got a separation. Now your dad's died, and you're 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 on your own. So I know that we're used to that as comedians. But like, have you felt this to be better or worse? I know you can't compare because it's the only thing you're experiencing. But I don't think I would have liked to have been forced to be with myself that this much right after dealing with so much. No, um, and well, basically, I had a bit of a tidal wave. I had stuff coming at me hard and fast. So, um, my father-in-law died in December. Uh, Eddie, uh, Brenda's. Uh, yeah. uh, dad who was a beautiful man and my children's like best friend so he died then there then my then my dad died you know in february and also the separation was going on and then yeah it, it it's it's been weird but like the only thing i can say is that i've kept myself busy trying to do silly sketches like writing stuff like doing things reading books uh, exercising online going out for a bit of a cycle because i'm in the countryside i can do a bit of a lap thing but no, um, and that's what actually at the very start is what I was going to say to you was, um, when my dad died, uh, I was standing in the corridor going, what, what do you do now? And because my elder, eldest brother is in Sweden and I have two little sisters, everybody just looked at me. And because I'm a comedian, I suppose, and we, 
we feel like people feel and look to us because we're always in charge on stage. It's just us, a thousand people. Mm. We're in charge. They just look to me to do everything. And I was going, well, what the, what do I do? And so anyway, rang the funeral home. That went on. He's gotten his finances, you know, did the mass crematorium, did everything, did the weight, all that shit. All went on, all went on, all went on. And probably, yeah, only in the past week or so, like from this day, has it all kind of slowed down and stopped all the busyness. Right. And now I'm kind of going, oh shit, my dad's dead. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I didn't even think. Because I was looking yeah. after my mom, my sisters, everybody, the aunties, uh, on the phone to people. And my dad wasn't a human at that stage. He was just an item. It was almost like uh, I had to get this thing done. But I wasn't really thinking it was my dad that was dead. I was almost thinking that my dad was going to come in beside me and go, did you get that thing done? Mm. And I'm going, yeah. oh, shit, that thing is you. <laughs> yeah, how are you getting on with me funeral? Yeah, yeah, but because, you know, the the story always goes, and it was certainly this way for me, is that the easiest part is the funeral because it's all exactly what you're saying. And then eventually life moves on, people get on with their lives, and then you're left with yourself, and that's when it hits you, that next the next round, and there's many rounds. But you, I mean, in a way, like, this is unfair because you're getting that tenfold because not only has, you know, everybody got on with their lives, but you've, the whole of society has fucking stopped. So you're just stuck, you know? But then maybe, actually, maybe all this was was actually another distraction that actually prolonged the moment where you're finally sitting down and going, dad's dead, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, it is good to be on my own for a little bit to actually think about what's going on with my dad. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I've definitely grieved them. And but the grieving for me uh, is like, I could just be sitting watching the telly and I just start crying. Or mm. I'm making cornflakes. But I'm not crying as in like, oh, like that. I'm, I'm actually, this face is the same, but there's tears pouring out of my eyes, which is where we must just overspill or overfill. The cup must just overfill. And it's just, the emotions must just spill out where I fucking don't even know what's happening. But that's, what grief was for me and still is but yeah i mean i was just and then i was sitting like last night i remember just thinking oh god i really don't want him to be dead now do you know what i mean like i'm going i know that's what sucks it's like sometimes you just get an urge like oh i'd love to make a call you see i was and also was saying to my mom as well who we can't grieve with we can't fucking hug her and hold her because uh it's so tough and it's tougher for them i mean i'm i i think it's tougher for the spouse personally yeah oh yeah definitely like absolutely i mean um, yeah, I mean, she's, she was, she was actually saying like, oh my God, I can't believe he left me at this time. But I love the way sometimes mammies talk like that as if it was the dad's choice. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck, this COVID thing's coming. I've had enough of this year. I'm going to, I'm going to die. But like, she was, yeah. And so it was just mom and dad just lived together, obviously. But dad did everything for mom. Like he set up her pills in the morning, made her bits of breakfast. She was it. Well capable of it, but dad just liked to be in control of stuff. Like even when we went to sort out dad's finances, mom had no bank card. Dad used to walk up to the shops with her and take the cash out and give it to her. So she had no wow. bank card. And then we found like 800 quid in her purse because that's what that's where she lodged her pension. <laughs> like so we have to start out fucking everything. I go, what are you doing, mom? And she goes, well, sure, she's, I just put it in there. I went, put it in the fucking credit union. 
<laughs> like, that shit's been going on. My dad drove her everywhere. Like he did everything. So it, so that's why you're, it's, you're right. It's hard for the spouse because my mom's life just went, stop, like that. Because dad died in two days. It wasn't like... Yeah, it wasn't we had all this time to prepare. I'm just using cancer as an example because your dad obviously was dying for a long time and probably got his affairs in order and he was able to do that shit. And, but my God, my dad just bang. And then the funniest thing was we were going, we don't know what he owns or what he has. And then we were sitting around because, as I say, you do laugh a lot. I mean, the Irish are great. And you're American Irish, you know what they're like. They're so good at bringing humor into terrible situations. And, um, oh, yeah. So like, you were saying you were sitting down. What? You, you, you were about to tell a story there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, fuck, I was, oh God, hang on. You, you were talking about, you, you, we, we didn't know what he had. That's what oh, you yeah, said. Sorry, you said. Sitting there what he had. And he said, um, so do you reckon he has any savings? And then we were all thinking, and then we all just burst out laughing, going, there's no fucking way he's had any savings. <laughs> right? We go, why? And the main reason my dad doesn't have any savings is because he wouldn't want the stress of it. I know this is weird, but dad would be going, I'm not having a fucking direct debit coming out of my account and me having to fucking lodge money into something else. And what's that going on? And the tax man will probably want a bit of that. There's no way, fine. No, he had not, nothing. He had his pet. Oh, so really? So you guys, you didn't have a big inherit other than the house when that, which your mom get, automatically gets. Yeah, no, we, no others. Yeah, no, we've packed my mom's bags and straight after coronavirus, she's like off to a home because she's, you know, she's not, she's not well. <laughs> Well, you could always just fucking find a friend that has corona and fucking tell the cult to mom. <laughs> or, have you ever seen the Peter Kay ad? It's really old. It's a Peter Kay, the comedian. He does an ad for Bonnington's beer or something. You can YouTube it. It's very funny. The man, What's the, the, mother, the mother's on her own hoovering the, the thing. And he comes in, he goes, all right, ma'am, right, you're off, you're off. And he brings in her bag and starts throwing clothes in it and then puts her coat on, pushes her out. <laughs> but i felt i i felt for your mom really because she was very stoic at the funeral like she really kind of like seemed like a rock solid and i figured that she's gonna i was worried that it would be some land for her you know well she did say she didn't really actually believe that he was dead like yeah did feel as well that she was just at a funeral but she didn't feel it was my dad's like it, it just didn't sink in with her it only sunk in with her here now while she's been in isolation there where she, I rang her and she just got really upset on the phone. I, and I hadn't heard her cry like this. Because when dad died in the hospital, my mom actually said to me, uh, I feel really, really bad. Why? She goes, well, why am I crying? I says, mom, you're in shock. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's a, that's a natural thing. You know, and like one of my sisters was really, really upset, Ethna. And, but, you know, we were all kind of matter of fact. I was, I was distraught and so sad that he was dead. But, you can't make yourself cry because I mean I could feel the shock inside me just oh my god he's dead and my mom I says my mom didn't understand she thought she'd be on her knees wailing and rosary beads and help me and she felt guilty that she wasn't doing yeah. it I went ma'am this is so surreal it's just so fucking surreal we've never gone through it so you don't know what's happening and then this was it only last week on the phone she absolutely lost it do you know what I mean? I mean, it's it's so unlucky for your mom, though, in the sense that, like, the one time in in in, in a century that we're all stuck at home, and she, she's just grieving and just lost her life partner, she has to fucking do all this on her own. It's awful for her, yeah. But but your sister moved in, did she? No, she didn't get to move in. Uh, it all just happened because she was moving out of her her house, so she will be moving in. 
but she's near enough to my mom to go down to her every day. So my mom's, oh, uh, and we live in Ludford Drive, Ballantyre, big housing estate. We've all, we like when anybody dies on the road, no matter where we all are, unless, you know, unless we're too far away in the world, we all come home for funerals and for like other people's moms and dads and children and kids. We, the whole, it's such a great community. And they're, my, my mate, Carl, my best friend, Carl McDermott, uh, he came over and just, he was mowing his mother's lawn. He just pushed the lawnmower across the road and down a bit and met and did my mum's. Oh, that's nice. I did. I did get a good feeling. The priest was. I thought the priest was great at your dad's funeral, and I did get a real. You get a, a volunteer community vibe from from that from that funeral, which was quite nice. I mean, that must have felt nice for you. Yeah, I mean, like that whole road brought us up. So we had loads of mammies and daddies because they were all out at the pillars. They were all talking to us. They all raised us together. So like. Mm. When we say hello to my, let's say my mates, mom and dad, uh, let's say Carl's mom, Betty, or Kieran Talon's uh, dad, uh, you know, when I say hello to them, they're hugging me and saying hello like I'm their son. Like it, it was yeah. close. Like wandering now, their houses, doing mad shit. Like me, it's so funny. But all of our dads were the same. They were all, they all went to the pub. Like my, oh, actually, my dad, though, this is a great one because uh, at the funeral, my uncle Tony, who's of course not my uncle. Do you know what I mean? He's because oh, yeah, yeah. Jason's come over to your uncle Tony here. I went and sat down with him, and Tony said, "I, we were, I was on, tell, I'll tell you a story about your dad." I went, "What?" And he goes, "I was on holidays with him once because we never went on holidays with our parents because my dad always said we wouldn't enjoy it." Right? He just, <laughs> I swear to God, this. We they go to fucking Spain and we go, why are we going? My dad goes, it's too hot. You wouldn't enjoy it. You're going to be staying with the neighbours so we'd stay with the neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he said, they were on holidays once. Uh, I don't know where they were at this point. Tony said, um, we were out drinking all night, you know what I mean, whatever. And um, your dad at two o'clock went, oh, jeez, I'm hammered. I'm hammered. He says, He's, I'll never be able to walk home. He said to Tony, so they better get the car. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And he fucking drove home. And the next day, Tony went, he does his chase. I got to got the car. I never would have made it home back to the apartment. So the drinking and the driving and... Then another story he told me, this is a lovely, I mean, this is, this is stuff that doesn't happen anymore. And 
you know, it's kind of, and these are the memories I'm going, oh my God, I've got to remember all this shit that my father, but my dad and the memories of, of the past. This, this stuff, like it's so sad that things like this can't happen anymore, but it's not great, but it's kind of sad because, so they, they used to go on rugby trips whenever Ireland were playing in Wales. They always went to Wales, my dad, and he, stay, he stayed with Welsh friends and they all went to the rugby together. But my dad working in, uh, my dad didn't like flying. So every second trip, they had to go on a ferry, right? So to please my dad. But everybody loved my dad because they all went, oh, no problem. And they didn't give a fuck because they'd be drinking on the ferry on the lap. So yeah. dad got, because he worked for Guinnesses, he got a, a small keg of Guinness. He robbed it from Guinnesses. He robbed the trap <laughs> and he robbed the gas and he put it in the boot of the car. And he got on the ferry, right? <laughs> and this is what's lovely. They got into Wales and they were driving along. And then my dad, like alcohol and drink was just, all around my dad all the time. He was never, he wasn't, he was all right on drink. He wasn't a mad, he, he'd never know my dad was drunk when he drank. He was exactly the same, right? Just a bit more of a messer. And he's driving along, right, in the car. And he says to Tony and the lads, you reckon we should see if that Guinness thing works with the gas and all. He went, what? We're on a motorway in Wales. He went, well, it's a lovely day. Let's pull over and just see if it works. Right? So they pulled over. My dad took the keg out, put the Guinness up on the tap and was, pouring Guinness to the lads at the side, right? And then the Welsh cops pulled in, right? And this is what's lovely. And the Welsh cops went, what are you doing there, boys? And my dad went, oh, we were just uh, testing this. We're not drinking it. We're just testing it because we're going to the match and we're going to have it in the car park and we're not going to have it here. And the Welsh lads went, you can't be doing that Irish shit over here now, right? And my dad went, oh, really sorry. And then that same cop and his mate went, is that, is that Guinness from Dublin? And my dad went, yeah, and he went, we taste a bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll test it for you. We'll test it for you. <laughs> the picture is this. In the late 80s, there's my dad and his mates and two coppers with their sleeves rolled up, all drinking Guinness on the side of a motorway. I mean, it's a, it's a lovely image, but it's, it, in a way, I'm glad that time is gone. But at the same time, it is a lovely image. <laughs> I, know, I know we shouldn't be drinking and driving or whatever they did, but like, it's just amazing that that type of thing happened you know what i mean but what i know it's a different it, 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 it is a different time but your dad i feel like when you tell me stories of your dad i really feel like it's a throwback to ireland like i always there's a bit of a snapper vibe about your dad you oh, know yeah yeah i mean he's brilliant i mean i wrote a book called uh, the wonky eyed boy my first ever book it's like memoirs of me growing up in dublin and my dad features in it so much that at the book launch people started queuing up to fucking get me dad to sign the book <laughs> well you tell great stories about your dad oh, so yeah he, i mean he's it was just endless the stuff i mean i i, I was in the shed with him once because I, I put up a picture of his infamous shed because that's where he yes uh, i saw that it was nice actually yeah the cigarettes nice. and the whiskey i mean that's where he spent i mean if he was in isolation now he would be just in that shed you wouldn't be even in the house you'd be like say to me mom we have to be isolated we have to be distant i'll put up more gas heaters out here and i can just stay out here well, he could have got a gig in RTE then because they're all doing fucking shows from their sheds. Yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> Man, all the interviews, all the interviews on telly now are like this. So my dad, I spoken to him. I, I said I was doing a book lunch. Now, you, all you had to do with my dad was say, here's a pen or there's an apple. And his story would just go way off, right? And have nothing to do with the pen or the apple. So I said I was doing a book launch in St. Patrick's Cathedral in the green area. You know, do you know that cathedral? There's a there's a big kind of green in the church, the church grounds basically in St. Patrick's right, Cathedral. Right, right. 
And um, so based, which is very near Christchurch there. And so I said I was doing it there. And my dad went, oh, you're doing it? Where are you doing it? So it's there. He goes, oh, yeah, I used to be a market. I went, what? Yeah, years ago when I was a kid, that was a market. You know, like a horse market and all. And he said, and, uh, and then, and this stuff, you know, it was never even true, these bits. And then he that in this, he go, that's where the Indians, uh, they used to sell rotten meat in that market. And I went, what? He goes, yeah, the Indians used to bring in rotten meat and then they get spices and they put it all over the rotten meat so they wouldn't know the meat was rotten. And he goes, and that's what Indians do with rotten meat. And that's why spices were invented, which is true, right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what they did. But my dad still, to this day, even though he's not alive, he still went, and that's why I never go for Indians because the meat's rotten. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, it isn't. That's like fucking nearly 100 years ago, you mad bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And he really believes that, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Remember the quote story said like, real quick when I went with Colin Murphy to Hong Kong to do gigs. Remember we used to there used to be gigs around all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those those little circuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me and Colin Murphy were coming back, and there was this guy, you know, Arab Muslim dressed in you know all the gear, and he was he was drunk, very obviously drunk, and he was telling the stewardess to f off and everything, and and then he was doing a weird thing when people went to the toilet, he would sit in their seats, and then he was robbing other bits of drink, and I told my dad this. And this is one of my dad's classic lines. And I was in a pub when I told this to my dad with his mates. And my dad was listening. He goes, oh, you see what the story is there? And I went to one. He goes, he's a Muslim. I went, uh, yeah, probably, probably is a Muslim. And the rest of the lads, my dad's mates, they love my dad. And they're going, yeah, da- yeah, Paddy, you're right. So he was a Muslim. Yeah, he was. He's a Muslim. And see, the thing is with Muslims, they're not allowed to drink alcohol. And I was going, yeah, I know that. And he says, on the earth. <laughs> And his mates were like, that's right, Paddy, that's right. And he goes, yeah. So he got on an aeroplane so he could have a drink off the earth. So when he landed, he wasn't even messing. He was deadly serious. I bet you fucking Googled it. What? I bet you Googled it. Oh, yeah, no. Well, that's the other thing. I wasn't allowed. I I wasn't allowed to have my phone in the pub with my dad and his mates. You were never. Oh, really? That was their rule? Yeah, because my dad said, what do you want a fucking phone for? And I said, well, I don't know. Like, I mean, if there was a question or something or a topic came up, my dad would freak out if he took out your phone to get a date or a fact. Because my dad says, do you know how many arguments I've had up here over the years? Like, that just took fucking hours. And we've had great crack with them. Because none of us knew exactly what was the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I always said. Google fucked it up. Because back in the day, you could you could pretend that you were right with like a force of will. But now Google just kills that off. <laughs> Like my dad, my dad with the Muslim, you know what I mean? You know, that Google would have ruined that for my dad. Where goes, <laughs> not allowed to drink that. Look, it says it here. You go, ah, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? He would have just thought that in his head now, Muslims are not allowed to drink as long, you know, up, up, on the earth. Just in- so what are you going to, are you going to, you think you're going to do a show or are you just going to do a few bits about your dad or what? Well, what was really tough was uh, my dad died and then obviously I had to cancel four shows. But the following week I had shows and I thought, look, I'm not going to cancel them. I'm going to talk about my dad who's like in, the, in past tense and just talk about the stories that he, he told me in the past, like the way I'm doing it with you. That's all I did. But like what I'm trying to do now at the moment, because I'm in isolation, I've got time doing little sketches. I, 
I'm trying to write little monologues and I'm going to dress up as my dad and just sit in the corner and have my <laughs> point of view with the COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. The kind of old, the old school, yeah, old school Dublin guy's view on the, on the COVID, you know? Oh, Jesus, I wouldn't imagine what he would have said. Like, you know what I mean? It just would have been insane. You know, just to, I can't, I'm just trying to think of what he would have thought of what it was or, but first how do you think let me sorry i was just going to say i'll just throw out a scenario how do you think he would feel about the shutdown do you think he'd be totally behind it or do you think he'd be like you know uh, this is a load of bollocks, load of bollocks now now he would he would he my dad was kind of two-faced you know what i mean he'd be going it's a load of bollocks i'll go wherever the fuck i want nobody's telling me where to go and he'd drive out and if a cop stopped him he'd go you know fair play to your dead boy i'm going straight home. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my dad's like so he's like very, a lot of old Irish men that are just, you know, full of shit. And then when they're told to do something, and that's where the wife steps in, where my mom says, <laughs> you're not going anywhere. My dad would have a fuck, tell you, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. So he would, <laughs> he would have said, um, he would have come up with loads of silly facts where basically he would have went, you don't get it from hugging. And it doesn't come from spit. You know what I mean? It comes from yeah, yeah, yeah. Hair, hair follicles. Hair follicles. You want to just start making up stuff that it comes out of the tip ends of your hair or something, or and then of course the Chinese would have got it in the neck, big time. Oh, because <laughs> our parents were all racist, but they weren't. But they were. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, there was a, it, like it, you, you don't dismiss any racism, but there's a there's a difference between willful racism and just pure ignorance of like having had no experience with other races. No, my dad would never have met anybody from China. Do you know what I mean? No way, ever. So he would have yes. went. He would have went off on the meat and the bats, and they're always eating everything. They're eating butterflies and whatever else. <laughs> stuff. <like that>. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably the butterfly soup that did it. That's what it was. <laughs> did them all? Did everybody in? But yeah, look, I I think he probably would have. See, he would. I swear to God, he just would have went to that shed though and just smoked his head off. But the other lucky thing is, if he hadn't had this stroke during this time, we wouldn't have been able to go to hospital with him. I wouldn't have been with him when he died. Like, oh. well, you wouldn't have had a funeral. I mean, yeah, that's why I was saying it's kind of weird luck, you know? Yes, it is. And isn't it? And it's kind of conflicting that you keep saying, oh, we're lucky this happened and you're lucky this happened, but he's dead. <laughs> so you're kind of, I mean, that's, I mean, I was, we were standing over the coffin in the house and um, I was kind of laughing away and my auntie was going, what are you laughing at? I says, I says, my dad only said to me like two weeks ago that he went to a funeral. And he was standing over a coffin and somebody said, oh my God, doesn't he look well? He looks well. And my dad went, how the fuck does he look well? He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> so when people are coming in, going, he looks cool, he looks great in there. It's coming. But my dad would be going, I'm dead. How do I look well in here? I'm fucking dead. But like, <laughs> I'd rather be here looking at fucking an empty coffin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. I mean, and I, 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 I would, I don't know how people feel, but the, I'd highly recommend the uh, the cremation thing was lovely. It was a really lovely ceremony, and I felt like my dad was always like that. He wasn't heavily religious, so he he didn't want he wouldn't have wanted all the fuss. I mean, basically, if he was being put down into the ground with everybody going, coming around, I could just hear him going, "What's everyone crying for? I'm already all fucking looking at me for for fucks. Just get, don't, don't be doing this. Just put me up in a in a in a furnace and burn me. I'll be grand." Like we were asked. Did we want to walk up behind the hearse up to the church? And I actually said, no way, my dad would kill us. There's no way I'm doing that. And the priest too said, much, too, well, that's too much ceremony, too much, too much pomp. My dad hated yeah. us. Like, my dad would have went, get in the car, 
what are you all doing? Fucking walking behind me and making me there while the hell. Well, then, then I'm sure he's glad that his funeral was held in a fucking gymnasium. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the or, the, the oratory. What is it called? The or, the oratory. Yeah, Saint Attractus Oratory. <laughs> And I was looking at the fucking. I was looking for the basketball hoops. I was like, "Will we play fucking basketball yeah, after the against the wall?" They come out. <laughs> Yo, come on! <laughs> but it was great. You know what was great about that place is that the acoustics are really good for your eulogy. Like it was actually like actually a very good venue for a eulogy because churches are shit for eulogies in the sense that you have to speak really slow. Everything's echoey. Whereas like your your eulogy just came out really nice. It, it just you could hear everything you said. It was great. Yeah, and I. I think, like, I mean, of course, I mean, we're comedians, we're, we're used to talking in front of people, but I mean, I think you know, everybody, you should you should really give a good old eulogy, like, you should definitely do one, because a lot of people don't do one, they let the priest say whatever. Well, and the the, the, the church try to get you not to do one a lot of the time. Yeah, well, that's bullshit, you know what I mean? Because first of all, my dad wasn't religious, we were asked when we went up to meet the priest beforehand, which was so funny. And, he, and the priest didn't know my dad for shit, like, you know what I mean? Oh, really? God, the way he talked was like, the, the, you know, like the way he talked about your dad, I literally thought. Yeah, no, no. He said, so he said to my, it, we were all sitting around, he went, so would Paddy have gone to mass? And before we could even answer, my mom went, in the early days. I <laughs> <laughs> was going, what the fuck's the early days? Yo. Yeah, our wedding? Yeah. Our wedding? That's all he did, yeah. <laughs> And then this was the best one. I, I had to answer it. And he said, so would Paddy been involved in the community? Would he been like, you know, supported the local GEA team or helped out with the U club? And I was going, <laughs> and we all started laughing. And I said, yeah, the only community he helped was in the pub. That's the community he helped up there. <laughs> and when I was up in the pub, actually in the pub that he drank it afterwards, the old men at the bar, there was a power dad would have sat with them all. They were, they were more upset than me. Then we all were. We were all just sitting there and went over. Harry lads and they went, they go, I can't fucking believe it's Paddy Bourne. Why does it have to be Paddy? Because my dad was very funny. Like he always mingled and mixed with them all and had a good laugh. And they were all going, I can't believe it's him. They're actually in shock. Because my dad, that's the thing with my dad. My dad wasn't a quiet little old man. Uh, and that's what the shock was because he was 80. Uh, but he had his full head of hair. It was like, wasn't even gray or nothing. He was all full on. And he wasn't a frail man. He was driving. Like the day before he had the stroke, he was driving, drinking, no problem. But not drinking and driving. Would you know what I mean? Like making the dinners, doing everything, talking away to me on the phone. And then just the stroke. I mean, that's the thing with strokes. That's what you got to say to everybody is that, you know, my dad really didn't think he was going to have a stroke. He was told time and time again, you've got a pacemaker, you're on heart tablets, you're smoking, um, you're, you're drinking your whiskey out in the shed. Said so you at least stop the smoking because you're clogging up your heart. And my dad be like, "Oh yeah, no, I will, I will, I will." He just never really believed it. And they were t- they were they said to him, "Paddy, you will have a stroke. You will drop down. It will bang hit you so hard." So my dad actually had a minor stroke when he was about seventy, and it was very right. tiny. Now tiny, he, he just couldn't read properly, and he got over it in about a week. So that's probably what he thought was going to happen to him again. But anybody listening away, my God, my mom rang me and said, she kept saying, I can't get your dad out of bed. His back, his back is sore. His back is sore. I can't get him out. He won't move. So now I'm thinking he's dead. Like, and my mom is in total shock. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did she call 9999? No, 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 no. She didn't. She just didn't know what was going on. 
So she, because when she went into my dad, she rang me within 10 minutes. And I was actually my sister's. I was only like five minutes away. So I went up, got up there, and my dad was in the bed. He was alive, but his right hand, he could only move his right hand. And he was trying to grab, like it was almost like he was trying to grab his, pull his, pull himself out of his body because his whole left side was all gone. He couldn't talk. He couldn't focus. He was just shaking and banging things. And do you know what I mean? Like all it was yeah. horrible to see. I thought he was going to die in front of me. I thought he's actually dying in front of me. But my mom still went, he, he's something wrong with his back. And I rang the ambulance straight away. I went and they went, what's the story? I said, he's had a massive stroke. And they said, do you want to do a few tests? I went, look, I will. I sent my mom out of the room and I said, I held my dad's hand that he could grip me with. And he could still say, Jay, all right, Jay, all right, Jay, like that. All right, he could. Yeah, he could very, he was, was, the only way I can explain it was, it was as if he was down a rabbit hole looking out at me. He was stuck in there. Do you know what I mean? He was grabbing to be pulled out of this situation. He was grabbing onto life. And um, so I went through the process of the ambulance. Oh, my God, they're amazing. So they got there in 20 minutes. And then, you know, I says, you know, and they went, yeah, well, he's had a, you know, they said he's, he's pretty sick. They didn't say he had a massive stroke because I don't think they're not, they're not allowed to say shit. Yeah, they can't make like a diagnosis. So they were just kind of, I was saying shit and they were kind of nodding at me. Do you know what I mean? I said, he's had a massive stroke. And they're like, yeah, well, look, let's just, uh, you know. So this was funny. My dad's upstairs in his bedroom. My dad's put a spiral staircase into our semi-detached house. Because in Guinnesses, a fellow went around one day and did a deal on spiral staircases with loads of Guinness men. I don't know what the fuck happened, right? But loads of Guinness men went home and ripped out their lovely long stairs and put a stupid fucking spiral staircase in, which has been an absolute death trap for our family. We've all fallen down it. My mum's fallen down it holding on to the kids. My dad's fallen through the fucking gaps drunk. It's a disaster, right? So my dad's had a stroke. He's now severely bad. They've wrapped him into a chair, the ambulance men, right? And they're trying to take him, they're trying to take him down the, st- the staircase. And this is where Irish ambulance men and women are brilliant. They wouldn't stop teasing me dad. And my dad is fucked at this stage. He can barely talk or move. And they're going, did you build this fucking thing? What the fuck? You're going to try and kill a whole lot of us. Jeez. <laughs> they're trying to get him down the stairs. And they went, holy mother of fuck. Look at me fucking my foot's going through the stairs. <laughs> they got him down. Well, that's That was nice for you guys too. It was really nice. Yeah, they're really good at that. And then in the ambulance, I went with dad and they're still, they talk to your your dad or your mum or your whoever it is, is if there's nothing wrong with them. There is no fear in them. You know what I mean? They're brilliant at that. I mean, they do go and study, you know, how all their, you know, medical uh, paramedic background. But like the one thing that they're just amazing at is, is the personal touch, the empathy that yeah, they the hu- have. The, hu- the human interaction. It's amazing. And it means at moments like that, it means so much, I think, you know? Yeah. The guy after dad there, I couldn't stop thanking them. And they would they, you know, and one of them had been to one of my shows, you know, but like he still wasn't going on about my show. He's still being really nice about my dad. He didn't make it about me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great, man. And he was just well. Like, now, now, now that they're also even further into the hell of the fucking pandemic, you'll have to uh, you'll have to find a way to do something for them uh, afterwards, or we all will. Yeah, we'll think of something. Do you know what I mean? I think, to be honest, I'm kind of doing that right now. I'm trying to. Uh, go on Facebook Live and talk to people when they want to talk to me. Uh, I've been doing little sketches for people. 
Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I've been doing like uh, training with my trainer live on Instagram. So any of those healthcare or anybody who wants to just join in, a uh, bit of fitness stuff as well. And yeah, so you might as well, we, we better wrap it up, but what's your, uh, you might as well do the promo. What's your Instagram? Instagram is uh, the Jason Byrne, T H E, the Jason Byrne. At the Jason Byrne. Yeah, and it's got a blue tick and it's on the Facebook. And so this Friday, uh, I'm releasing my podcast, right? And just to give you, uh, to summarize, uh, just real quickly, right, actually. So t- tomorrow? Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, great. So uh, I'll summarize this. And the reason why I love saying summarize, summarize, was I once went with Ryan Tuberty to his brother's house. He was at Niall, I think, Neil, Dr. Niall. He's like a neurosurgeon. Yeah, and, and, yeah, in Dublin 6. Do you know him? Have you been to that house? Yes, I've, I've been to the brother's house. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man of, I mean, my God, right? Ryan was going, I once interviewed Kathleen Tur- T- Kathleen uh, Tur- Turner. Was it? Yeah. Was it Kathleen Turner? Who's Romance the Stone? That- yeah, Kathleen Turner. Yeah, Kathleen Turner. And he didn't even get to finish. And his brother goes, summarize, summarize. Jesus Christ, Ryan. How the fuck are you a chat show host? Come on. <laughs> so basically, my podcast is called Mind Your Loaf. I've got a co-host called Mark Cusack and uh, she's amazing. And uh, we, I just wanted to do this. It's like a mental health well-being type thing, but I'm doing it. The reason I'm doing it is because it's this website called turn to me, which is T U R N number two me.ie. And that's free counseling online for anybody that uh, wants it. Do you know what I mean? It's a, right. it's a total charitable thing. And they asked me to do a podcast on it. So, it's great fun. The first episode is about happiness. And there's a guy called Andy Cope and he's a doctor of happiness and he studied for 12 years. He's so funny. Right. And we've got like, oh, and then there's six, six other uh, themes and there's a guest on each week. And so, uh, he, 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 this is a great one to listen to. Like, so Andy Cope and he brought out a book called shine. He's got loads of well-being, keynote speaking and all that kind of stuff he does. And but the last thing he said to me, and you'll appreciate this because of who you have right beside you there. He says one last thing. Jay, he goes, "What?" Well, says, "Be the person that your dog thinks you are." <laughs> <laughs> it just that's such a lovely sentence. Well, I can tell you right now that if this dog that I'm fostering could speak, and he met any of my ex girlfriends, my ex girlfriends would be like. You, this guy's full of shit. <laughs> Thank you for looking after me. Thank you for bringing me out for walks. Oh my god, I love you. You're so brilliant. Like what? They'd You're all be like. Quick. They'd all be like. It's not going to last. <laughs> <laughs> a dog forever. Listen, why is he in a brace and all? Like, what's wrong? What's the? Because because she she got spayed right before I got her. So uh, spayed. Spade is uh, the female neutering, you know. Oh, take, sorry, spade. Yeah, spade. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's only just uh, so she doesn't lick the lick the wound. Ah, she's a cute dog. Yeah. No, she's great. She's great. But anyway, now I have to go because actually my computer is going to run out of batteries. And the one thing I don't want to do is lose this recording. But you know what? I was going to put this up tomorrow, but I think I'm going to put it up today because it's better promo for your podcast. So actually, I'm going to put this up. I'll put this up straight away. Can you link? Me First of all, so I can do all the links. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do all that. I'm gonna do all that, and it's great. And thank you. And I'll I'll call you uh, on a normal phone in about a half an hour when I'm done with all this shit, just to say thanks because I feel like it's an impersonal thing. But uh, I'm sure all of Ireland wants to say uh, sorry for your loss, but also thank you for uh, sharing so honestly. Yeah, as my dad would say, ah, oh, she can ask me bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, go on. Get off. Get off. Talk to you. Bye, 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 bye. See you, man. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye, bye. So uh, that was Jason Byrne there. And uh, I'm just going to, I just want to sign off by saying, add Jason at the Jason Byrne. Uh, All the info will be on his Instagram about the podcast. Um, This has been the Des Bishop Podcast. Fantastic episode. There's nothing else that needs to be said. Uh, Message me at Des Bishop on Instagram. Um message me at uh sorry i'm distracted by some some feedback that's coming in on jason's phone but uh message me at um facebook.com forward slash des bishop uh twitter at des bishop leave comments please leave comments in the itunes podcast is going great this is going up on youtube obviously so subscribe on youtube subscribe i I don't know how to do those things but subscribe 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 and uh we'll uh we'll chat to you guys soon thanks 